Hello, this podcast is sponsored by Now Alchemy. Now Alchemy is an amazing company that has formulated the most powerful substance in our body that was taken way back in the Egyptian era known as the food of the gods. Not only does it bring in balance, happiness, and increase your intuition, it decalcifies your pineal gland, which opens up your third eye and increases your light body, allowing your consciousness and your awareness to be open and aware of everything that is going on. The high-level mineral source, which we need today on our planet, is so important. With the fact that the earth itself has been overturned so many times with all of the farming industries, that we do not have access to the rich Ormus that is available in this planet. And thanks to now alchemy, we do. We now have the sustenance that our body needs that is brought in from the Himalayan mountains and the Dead Sea. Ormus, which is powerful energy source that moves through your body and brings together a whole synthesis of information to every part of your body. By bringing this mineral source, you are nourishing your body at a cellular level. I love the company for what it stands for and its ethics. And it has been a sponsor of Ancient Wisdom Today podcast since the beginning. And that's why I always ask the tribe to support the sponsors who are sponsoring this show because I go through each of the sponsors with strong ethics and integrity to make sure that whatever they are bringing forth is in align to the planet and into you and for all of us so that we can grow and have health and wellness in our lives. Ormus's company spends a lot of time with advanced scientists, naturopaths, and doctors and herbalists to formulate a sourcing technique that brings in the highest quality of organic ingredients from the most mysterious and desolate countries in order to bring the magic in the bottle, which is Ormus. Now alchemy is not just for health and wellness community, but for all people seeking to become their greatest version of themselves. And I've been taking this product for many months, and it has been such an addition to my shamanic love that I bring to the world. And how I bring love into the lives of people is by keeping myself healthy and happy and lifted and shifted. By bringing the highest source of minerals in my body, I am able to hold a high vibration of energy and light when doing healing work or when I'm speaking to large groups of people and when I'm here lit and doing Ancient Wisdom Today podcasts. So I invite you to experience the amazingness of Ormus. They have so many powerful selections that you can choose from, from 24 karat gold Ormus to Shilajit to nano-enhanced CBD to Elysium, each bringing a different blend of energy to your body. And I honestly say that this company is really changing the lives of people. Ever since I've mentioned them and shared them with all of the people in the tribe, I've been getting letters and letters of people's lives that have been changing. And not to mention the fact that those who have had suffered so many times from PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety, depression, confusion, fog brain, and all of these other symptoms that have been plaguing us because of the onslaught of aggressive energies on our planet, by taking Ormus, these things are cleared, neutralized, and allowing you to have more balance and groundedness in who you are, as well as enhancing your mind so that you're able to think clearly and have a stronger focus. You can get Ormus by contacting www. 
N-O-W-A-L-C-H-E-M-Y.com. That's www.nowalchemy.com. And if you use the code SHAMAN, you'll get 11% off every purchase you make. I'm so happy, tribe, that we are putting beautiful things in our body because putting beautiful things in our body is putting beautiful things in our mind and our spirit. And that allows us to shine and radiate our truth in this world as leaders. I love you. Enjoy the share. Human beings have been sharing stories for hundreds of thousands of years. And with those stories came the emotional, spiritual, and physical knowledge of the ancients. Shaman Durek is a third-generation shaman, an evolutionary innovator, and a women's empowerment leader. He's here to bring forth the ancient wisdom of our elders to help heal and bring happiness into our modern society. We're sharing ancient knowledge in modern times in order to put the power back in people's hands. Welcome to the tribe. Hello, powerful, amazing, thrilling, exuberating, full of life, so much love, tribe. Ugh, do you know how much I love you? Welcome to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. And I want you to know that our tribe is so lit, riding the lit train, downloading information that is shifting and lifting the world around us just with our presence alone. That means literally that you are so vibrant of this sacred grace that's that's just beaming through your being that wherever you stand, wherever you are, you are just lighting up the world. That means you could be standing next to someone in the grocery store and they can be in the worst mood, but because you are lit and you're part of the Liddy committee, you are lighting up people. You're, you're, you're lighting fires. Do you understand? You're a fire starter. That's so powerful because that means that you are here to bring change just by you being you. You don't even really have to do anything. You just need to stand somewhere and plant yourself. And right there, you are creating amazing, powerful energy. So if anyone hasn't told you how valuable, amazing, and wonderful, delightful you are and how much you are loved, let me be the first. You are a gift to this world. And never, ever question it. Never, ever think in opposition to that truth. You are a gift to this world. I don't care what your mommy or your daddy or whatever, Sanchuan, Bill, Sue, John, Taniqua, whoever the heck it is, Rosea, Maria, whoever told you anything out of their mouth that wasn't the highest truth of that you are a gift to this world, just delete it and eliminate it now because that's what it's about. Only the truth, my darlings, only the truth. And speaking of how powerful an illumination we are bringing into earth, into life, we have to acknowledge this amazing, powerful woman who is an actress on the TV show Law & Order. Uh, her character name is Dr. Darby Wilder. She's an emergency room doctor. She's an actress, a mother, a beekeeper, and owner of Lamar Farms. And when I tell you, if you ever meet this woman, you see Earth Mother, you see Tree Earth Mother, Gaia Sister, Illuminator right in front of you because she brings that level of clarity and light. 
So I'm so happy that we have her in studio today on Ancient Wisdom Today. Welcome. Thank you for being here, uh, Yvonne. It's a pleasure. I am so happy to be here with you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. I'm so honored. And I'm also um, honored because being in your presence is such a wonderful gift. You know, every time I look at you, I see so much in your eyes. Like when I look at you, I feel my heart warm. I feel this energy. I feel this connectedness. I feel the earth inside of you. And I think, you know, that's a very rare thing when you see someone. It really lets you know that someone is really being that steward, being that space for what it means to hold that, to be that rooted woman on the planet. Because, you know, there's wild women, there's women who are free, there's women who are sexually activated, and then there's the root woman, and you're a root woman. Hmm. Thank you. I think that's a compliment. <laughs> I mean, I think I do need to learn how to be a little more wild, but um, I am definitely very comfortable and find my power in the earth. Yeah, I feel my roots in the earth, and that's really what helps me. What helps me grow. So yeah, yeah. you're a root woman. I am. That's what you are. You're the, the the mother wisdom. So tell me, you know, you're on this TV show, Law and Order. How long have you been on that show for? I have been on that show uh, for four years now. Yeah. And so I am a recurring character on that show and absolutely love it. I love the cast. I love working in New York. I've been an actress for a long time. And so this is just, this is playtime for me. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think I heard a rumor that, were you on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air at one time? No, I was never on Fresh Prince of I don't of know Bel-Air. why I heard that. What, what, <laughs> what kind of shows did you do back in the days? Um, I definitely did shows like that. Um, I did, uh, well, I did um, uh, Ali, American Hero. That was the TV version, not the movie version. I didn't do a lot of comedy. Like, I was really good with the drama. I was on a soap opera for eight years, Guiding Light. Oh. Yeah, so so it was mostly drama, mostly like digging into my, you know, dramatic acting acting stuff, so yeah. What was being on a soap opera like? Is it really, <laughs> do you have to learn your lines the day of? Yeah, soap opera is, is pretty intense. People like to say, um, if you, you know, if you start there, you can pretty much do anything because literally we would get our lines read through them, know them, the next day, shoot them. Sometimes I would get my lines the day of and change the scene and shoot it. One take, you know, people that would come on the show (laughs) um, as guest stars would be freaking out because it was literally, we had to shoot an episode a day. So one hour episodes a day, sometimes an hour and a half, sometimes two episodes a day when we were in a crunch. So it was just like, it didn't matter if you, you know, if you messed up, just keep going. Just keep going. So it was really great to learn on a show like that. The only thing is I gave it my all, my first take. And when you go to other fields, it's not like that. You have, you know, eight or 10 takes. And if you're, you know, in a scene where you have to generate a lot of emotion by take four or five, I'm like, I got nothing left. (laughs) What what do I do now? Mm. So it was, you know, it's just a different different way of learning but that's amazing because you know you know you would never think that when you see soap operas that they're all memorizing their lines and do you do blocking the blocking like and the lines and everything that goes along with it yep and the character reads too yep i mean there's no character reads no you just (laughs) you get the script 
you maybe learn with your, you know, with your fellow actor, you like, can you run the lines with me really quick? And then you go shoot it. Really? So you don't sit on a table where you get to, you know, I did a movie that you can actually get on Netflix. I I didn't know that. (laughs) 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 Yeah. I'm full of surprises, aren't I? You really are. Um, Yeah. So a friend of mine, she was a uh, actress and she used to do a lot of um, films for like, I can't remember the films that she used to do. I mean, cause I'm not really in that world, but she did a lot of films, you know, back in the days. And one day she asked me, Tilda's director about me. And she, she's like, why don't you just come and read in for this part? It was actually something I would actually never do. The name of the movie is called the family. Um, and I think you, I don't know if you can get it on Netflix anymore, but I think you can get Who it on DVD. That? Did Brett Ratner direct that? No, no not Brett Ratner. Okay. All right. Definitely not Brett Ratner. <laughs> <laughs> That's another story. <laughs> yeah, I have my I have my uh, relationship stuff with Brett Ratner. I'm uh, I'm I'm good. So do I. <laughs> <laughs> He's quite a character. Uh, no, um, it was this guy named. Um, you know, I don't even remember the name of the director. That's how horrible of an actor, you know, it is for me. Like I, I literally, okay, I think it was something Scott. It was a Ridley Scott or something Scott. But anyway, I did this movie. I play a hitman in this in this film which is like totally outside of my character and the i'm on there's this woman she's running from um she escapes prison she's a grifter i'm a grifter she stole money from us i want the money back i'm hunting her down (laughs) i can tell you that it definitely you know for me um, I took a break from shamanism for a couple of years and that's when it all kind of went down. And I did this, you know, this film and I, and the actor, the, the actors were great. Everyone was wonderful. It was a great cast. The director said to me, you really could be a big actor. You should let me introduce you to a lot of people in Hollywood and, you know, and you could be the next Samuel L. Jackson. He's like, you're that good. However, I was bored to death. Sitting in that van with those and eating those um, <laughs> bagels and cupcakes and like, where did they get this stuff at Costco? Mm, yes, yes, they do. You know, and even though I was in the van, they're like, oh, you can read a book. You're not up yet. Or like, we would do scene reads on the table way before we like for rehearsals before we even shot the film. Then we flew to the location and we all lived in this hotel and then we'd go to set and like the time that they would take to set everything up and then I had this one scene where I had to die so they had the special effects team put these explosives under my shirt and stuff because I get shot. Oh my gosh. It was so much and I just... That's not for you. It's it's not not for for me. See, because with me, everything about acting I love. Everything from getting the call to driving in to preparing to thinking about what I'm going to do to meeting the people on set to sitting in, you know, sitting in the makeup chair to connecting with the makeup artist, the hair person, the other actors getting on set. When they say action, my whole soul lights up no matter what I'm doing. So I'm so I'm reminded that this is actually part of what I'm meant to do. It's not everything because I have so much more going on as well. But this is part of it. It has to be because it has to be. because I felt miserable, <laughs> and I ended up basically. The director said to me, "He goes, you know, we really love you, but you can't go around the whole set like 
shaman like doing your shamanic stuff on everybody Why not? i was like working. the makeup that. artist was crying i had the hairstylist Hell crying yeah. i had the, the stylist crying like you know everyone was at, at odds <laughs> he's like i can't we can't get this yeah, set it together may, it may be a bit disruptive it may be a bit disruptive but i'm sure people loved having you there oh they sure i'm sure they loved it yeah. but he didn't love it because he felt like he couldn't get the work done from the people <laughs> he wanted because everyone was taking a break to go to the bathroom because they right. were crying we were and when we were out on location people needed to take a moment because i was digging deep with them and they were having one guy was like you know shaking and yeah it was too much yeah so you know i learned very quickly that that wasn't my world and (laughs) decided to go right back into my shamanic training yeah but it's interesting but i do have a lot of respect for actresses such as yourself and i do have a lot of respect for actors and actresses who choose to take on these roles because honestly i'll tell you what i've learned about the whole acting and that wasn't the only movie I've done. I've done other films. Um, as a and it, and, I, and it just you know it just came upon me, and I was like, sure, I'll do it. You're channeling a spirit into your body. Yep, absolutely. You know, and what I felt when I played that hitman because I'm not a hitman, I'm a shaman. But when I played that hitman, I felt everything inside of me. Like when I was taking the gun and banging it on my head in the movie, I felt everything. I felt his rage. I felt like, I almost like, I felt like a spirit was possessing me. Yep. And that's how I got yep. into that character. I'm like, I feel like getting emotional right now because it was really challenging for me after doing it to get that spirit out of, my, out. out of my energy. Right. And then I was thinking about all these actors and actresses who don't get that out of their energy. You know, it's so funny that you say that because I've always felt very strongly um, that that's how I approach acting is, you know, I'm literally jumping into the shoes of somebody else. But in all of the acting books and the studying of that, it's they they teach you, you know, other techniques. This is a technique that not a lot of people talk about. You know what I mean? They don't talk about channeling a character. It's just not what they talk about. So I didn't even know that existed. I just was doing it without knowing I was doing it. So thank you for, you know, first of all, for for mentioning that. And I feel like somebody should write a book about, about that type of acting technique, the channeling of it, because that's really the most powerful actors do that. So Yeah. And do, do you ever feel like your character starts to consume you, these spirits that you channel in? I have been really good at getting in and getting out. No, I absolutely do not feel like they consume me. So you don't feel the doctor, you don't feel Dr. Darby Wilder nope. coming through at some point when you're with your kids, at some point maybe you're checking the, the temperature or something. <laughs> oh yeah, well, you know, yes. I have before, like someone did pass out in front of me and I ran to them like I was about to do something, you know, some stranger. And I wanted to be like, you know, everyone step back. And, and I was like, I am not a real doctor. What am I doing? But I have been in positions where I feel like I could, help in you know a medical way and i'm i'm sure that was probably that's what i'm saying it's, yeah, it's no, like some, right. e- some echo right. going on over here some do- dr darby wilder's echoes i got this following with you <laughs> everybody stand back i'm oh, not a doctor fantastic. but i play one on tv it's <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, but it's so true. I was, I mean, I always wonder because I, I have a lot of friends who are actors and, you know, I have one friend of mine, you know, uh, who's an actress. She's on a show, Vampire Diaries, which I'm actually going to have come on um, at some point on Ancient Wisdom. And sometimes when she talks to me, I look at, because I, I remember checking out her show. And when she talks to me, sometimes I'm like, you just turned into Catherine just now. 
who are you? <laughs> she started laughing. I said, that's why you landed the role. You're like, you're, you're the character. Oh, like, they're funny. part of you. I can see yeah. them being a part of, you know. Yeah, definitely. Which is very interesting. But I also think that there's also a, a level of responsibility that I think actors and actresses need to start developing spiritually if they are channeling these things. Because I feel like a lot of the death of a lot of actors and actresses through drugs and through suicide and all of that has come because they haven't got these spirits out and it's just becoming a compiling of spirits. Mm. What's your thoughts on that? I actually never thought of it that way, but... You know, I think that compounded with probably, you know, drugs and alcohol, that is, I'm sure, something to think about. You know, you're getting into this character where you have to play somebody who's extremely depressed or a murderer or or whatever it is, and they probably have some sort of PTSD, you know, uh, behind that. So that would be something I would I would really consider looking into. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, what was it? Was it Martin Sheen? Apocalypse. Yeah, I think, or was it Marlon Brando? I think it was Marlon Brando. Mm. It was Marlon Brando, I think, who had to go to the hospital afterwards and shooting that scene. And I was, I think it was Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen and Marlon Brando had to go to the hospital after shooting that movie mm. because they went psychotic. Wow. Yeah. So it's very interesting how that hasn't been a thing. But, you know, I yeah. really say, you know, for those of you who are listening, go watch Law and & Order and, and <laughs> go meet Dr. Darby Wilder. And if you see her come to you I'll in the street. I'll take good care of you. Yeah, she'll take good care. <laughs> take care. So you're, so tell me about, so, you know, you were, you're an actress. You're living in the city. You're like, you know, you're in this fast-paced lane. You know, I want to know more. Like, I want to, so how did you get out to living out in the trees? How did you, how, what was that transition of going from city life being, you know, because do you, do you film in New York City? Yes. Yes. So and you I drive used to in? Live, yeah. And I used to live um, in New York City as well. Six years ago, um, we just wanted more space. We just wanted more land, my husband and I and my two daughters. And uh, we moved out. We moved out of the city and we found five and a half acres. And that was the beginning of just this reawakening, I'd like to say, because I did grow up in California in a very agricultural area. So I think that's where, you know, this whole uh, farming, you know, bug came in. And, um, you know, we had all this space, an old barn, and we wanted gardens and, you know, immediately beginning to work the land changed me. Like it really connected me uh, in a way that I I never thought was possible. Um, Being in nature, actually digging in the dirt, you know, looking at all the animals and, and the animal medicine, actually, that, that as I've shown you on my phone, there's been so many different um, messengers. And um, I just started feeling like this is, this is who I am. We began to keep bees because we wanted at first to uh, have a garden. And then we also saw this amazing, um, I believe it was on Netflix, uh, a show called More Than Honey. It's a, it was a documentary on, on bees and how their population is in serious decline. And we thought, well, maybe we can help. Maybe we can become backyard beekeepers and just help. So I took beekeeping courses, fell in complete love with bees, still slightly, well, actually very much terrified. Wait, 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 hold on. You're very much terrified, but you're a beekeeper? I was absolutely terrified. I'm terrified. No, absolutely terrified. I mean, I would go out to the bees, I would put on some like yoga music, put it in my pocket and go out there and just try to breathe. Some days I would like 
go out there and it would, the fear would be overwhelming because they would just be all over me. And I would just like close them back up and come back inside. There was at one point I have two daughters, right? Lola and Marley. And I kept telling them, you know, they're not going to sting you. Everything's going to be fine. They're like, why would you do this? Why would you go and get bees? And I'm like, guys, honeybees do not want to sting you. They'll only sting you if you bother them. All they want to do is work. They just want to go to the flowers. They want, you know, I have this whole thing. Well, I went out there one day and um, I was collecting honey and I had, I had left the cover off. And if you leave the cover off of a 40 pound thing of honey, the bees can come and steal it back in less than 24 hours. So I realized I left it off. So I ran in and I, uh, I like got all the stuff as I was bringing in the, the, uh, box of honey, I got stung six times on my leg. Right? What? So I ran in the house screaming. I ripped my pants off. The girls were standing in the kitchen. I'm like, it hurts so bad. Wow. I'm taking my, you know, my pants off. Everything is out. They're like, what do we do? What do we do? And I'm sitting here going, I just ruined it. I just completely ruined it for my daughters who I'm like, they're not going to sting you. <laughs> but yeah, so, so it was, you know, there were lots of trials and tribulations and there's... I mean, that right there would be enough for me. To stop. Right? Oh, I'd be done. But no, yeah. I'd be mean, like, this is how you leave the building. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it never stopped me. It never stopped me because I just knew that this, this was something I had to do. It was some, even though I was terrified, I was like, this is something I have to do. I just know it. And then a couple of years later, I realized why it's because, um, I started my own company through this. So my whole life I've been an actress, a model with, you know, people working for me and, and I didn't even have to learn anything about business. Like I got somebody for that. I got somebody for that. And, um, now I am, you know, I've started my own business, Lomar Farms, which has all the amazing stuff from bees. So the beeswax candles, the honey soaps, I have body oils and it's, I didn't get no soaps. <laughs> I, I got your got, body oil. I just got a that body you're oil. That's you're going to love. That's you're going to love. <laughs> no, this is great. I love everything oils. I'm an oil. I oil my body up sometimes. Sometimes people hug me and they slide right out of my arms. <laughs> That's the best. I, I, I be oiling everything. Yeah. I wake up in the morning. I see one form of ash. I'm like, ash. And I go look for the oil that's near yeah, me. Me too. Me too. I'm a crazy too. when it comes to anything with the body. Like people go, oh my God, your skin is so soft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you don't know what I do to keep my skin mm-hmm. like this. Mm-hmm. It's baby soft. You can rub me all over. I feel like a baby. Twice a day. But it's because I'm oiling myself all day long. Yeah. I'll be carrying oils with me. So this yeah. is great. I really appreciate that. So you so you started. So, okay, I want to go back to the bees because we just jumped over it so quickly. And mm. I really am tripping out by this whole stinging thing. Okay, so every, so, you know, I saw this movie called Secret Life of Bees. And you kind of remind me of that movie, just so you know. I went to your farm once, and um, I was not going by your bees. <laughs> In fact, I actually got to your farm, and it was like all the beautiful animals. I was having fun with everything. And as I started seeing where the bees, I started seeing them fly by. And I just kind of moved myself out of that direction. Yeah, I noticed you didn't go there. You yeah, didn't no. go with the bees. Oh, no. Yeah. Because I've... I I had a situation once where I got stung when I was a kid. I was at a swimming pool. You know, they have these community pools. And it was this diving pool where you do practice diving. And I was just a kid. I was so happy in my red little shorts. And I had this little striped shirt. You know, think of the I 70s. I could just picture you, you know, like that. So yeah. cute. <laughs> so there I am going through the grass. I was doing this movement, you know. And I was like, ah! And Sister Angelina, who you know. Yes. I was like, what happened, Ducky? Because that's my nickname. 
And a bee had stung my foot. I guess I had stepped on it and it stung me. Mm-hmm. It was the worst pain ever. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, mm-hmm. I've always been afraid of bees. It's a bad pain. It's a bad pain. It's a bad pain. But I don't know if you have heard, but I'm sure you have. It's also medicine. So the the venom in bees are is also medicine. Some people treat it for cancer. Some people arthritis. People actually get stinging. Oh, are yeah. they crazy? They, yes, for medicine. So anytime I'm I get my arms stung, now. <laughs> you see what I'm doing? Every, I get the heebie-jeebies Every time over I here. get stung, I'm like, it's medicine. It fucking hurts, but it's medicine. Okay. So, so um, you know, they say that like beekeepers never get arthritis and they stay young because all of that is medicine. Well, you're definitely young. Thank you. So yeah, well, that's, I mean, yeah. And I get it because there is medicine and all that. Like my friend just got stung by a scorpion the other day. And then I told her, I was like, you need to understand scorpion medicine. You just got stung. There's some powerful medicine teaching you about your life right mm, now. Mm-hmm. There is medicine. So my thing is, is that, okay, so I, I'm going to go into a little bit. So there you are. You you leave the city. Now, did you feel the contrast of energy when you left the city to going out and living on a farm? Like, did you feel like an acclimation stage of like being, because I know when I'm here right now in this hotel, I feel my energy buzzing so much. I feel like a crackhead. Mm. That's how I, I feel mean, if right a crackhead now. was, if I knew what a crackhead felt like, mm-hmm. I, this is how I feel like I mm-hmm. would feel. Absolutely. I feel every energy around me. It's just like, and I was like, oh my goodness. I wake up in the morning at six in the morning in the hotel and I'm like, yes, absolutely. And you know, you know, when you come out of the city, when we drive out of the city and go home, you know, the minute I pull out of the city and up onto, you know, the Palisades Parkway with trees, it's like this. You know, all I can say is it's like an exhale. Mm, That's what I want. It's an exhale. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what I want. I mean, for me, my dream is at some point when I choose to settle down a little bit more, I want to have a house with my horse so Mm. I can get up in the morning and go tend to my horse and go pick his hooves and like go and just, you know, brush him, clean him, go out, like put the bridle in, you know, saddle him up get on him, ride him. If it's a him or her, it doesn't matter. But my favorite kind of horse is a um, Panamanian horse. And, you know, I just, that, and I also love stallions as well too, because they're fast. But I just love horses and I want to be on a farm. That's why I listen to country music. I feel that, so when I listen to country music, like when you came here earlier. I heard that, yeah, when I came in. I listen to country music all day long and I feel at peace because I, because what I love country music is because it, it, even though I can't be in the country and I'm in Mm. a city right now, it transports me there because they're talking about being on a farm, you know, being on the porch and the outside and the back, you know, just, just relaxing, you know, having a cold beer, which I don't drink (laughs) beer, but I like the sound of it, you know, and it's just that feeling. And I'm sure that's probably what you feel Mm. when you leave this this uh, cube of energy, which yeah. I call the city, you know, and go into that nature. Yeah. How did that shift for your life? What was that like for your children and for your family? Well, it was pure magic. I think um, Marley, who's my 14 year old, she was at the time, she was only six or seven when we, when we finally moved out. She, you know, absolutely needed this. She, you mean Supergirl? Supergirl. Yes. Yeah. Your, your daughter, like... <laughs> I think she needs to join my squad of on, on the, like, you know, cause I, my whole thing is I want to build like a whole team of like human beings that are super powerful human beings. Oh yeah. She needs to join my squad. She definitely needs to join your squad. She's, she is killer. 
she's an amazing lacrosse player. She used to be a gymnast, but she, um, she craves it. She's a very sensitive being. And, you know, I wasn't sure, um, being in the city, you know, how it was affecting her until we came out of the city and, um, you know, she could be, you know, balled up with a lot of energy and, and be upset over something. And the minute she steps outside, it all changes. It, you know, it releases, she used to have a lot of anxiety. Uh, we, you know, with animals, when she's with animals, it, you know, even more anxiety is released when she's working, when she's like, you know, pushing a wheelbarrow or like, you know, picking up leaves or digging in dirt, any anxiety goes away. So this really was so good for her. I think it goes away for everybody. I think so too. Because every time I'm, when I lived in Iceland, when I was in Reykjavik, every time I would have really tough days because I would be working with like, you know, uh, patients with cancer and so forth, I would just go to the waterfall or go outside. Nature's everywhere in Iceland. And I would just go and I would, or being outside, if I'm doing any, like one of my favorite things to do is to garden. I love gardening. I have a green thumb and I every place I've lived, I had a garden. When I lived in LA, I lived in Silver Lake. I had this beautiful garden. I planted all my vegetables and all my fruit. I had a composting and I used to have weekend gatherings at my house to teach people how to compost and how to teach them how to build their own compost and how to, how to you know, to um, make a, uh, a box so they can like decide how they want their, you know, what to, what they to take the seasonable vegetables out yeah. and so forth. It, to yeah. me, putting my hand in the soil there's nothing like it. It takes all my anxiety. I feel at yep. peace. I'm like, mm-hmm, this is better than sex. Yeah. This is great. The earth just takes it. Yeah. Takes it with you. Like, it's just like, goodbye. If any kind of nerves or stress, all I have to do is step outside. And there was some health complications, right? With Marley. With Marley. Yeah. When she was 11 months old, when we were still living in the city, um, she, we discovered that she had cancer. She had neuroblastoma. And, um, you know, the... The journey with that was was difficult and long, but um, you know she's she's a fighter, and now I see you know who she is today, and I can see why she was able to to sort of get through this. Do you think nature had some effect on her process to um, for her healing and herself and herself? Uh, how do you say? You know, because a lot of times I always say that there's, when it comes to like health issues and things like that, there are multiple of aggressors that are affecting the body. So it could be environment, it could be uh, tribal structure, it could be, you know, uh, noise pollution, it could be food that you're eating, it could be multiple things. And, you know, you can't really pinpoint it until we start doing some conclusive studies to really, really pinpoint for people how these things are actually happening. In shamanism, we look at all of those factors, but being in nature creates the highest synthesis for healing in your body that it changes your behavior towards things. So you actually become more freer, more open, more safer, more grounded, more able to process information. Did you see any changes like that? All of the above. All of the above. I mean, like I said, you know, Marley had a very had a lot of anxiety living in the city. And, you know, it didn't stop completely, you know, coming to the country but or or in nature. But when when, you know, she would have sort of this nervous stomach or when she's, you know, uh, anxious about something and we would go outside, it just was lifted. It was mm. lifted. And, and, you know, that's something that I recommend for, for everybody with kids. It's so important. I mean, for everybody in general to spend time 
in nature outside. How much time do you think uh, children and adults should spend out time in nature on mm. an average? Like daily, daily, weekly. Oh, daily. Absolutely. I mean, even if you have to just step outside and go hug a tree, you know, that, that is medicine right there. And especially if you're, you're anxious or, or, you know, you have any kind of complications about of, over anything, I would say, you know, put your feet in the dirt, take your shoes off and stand on the earth and really feel the support of, of mother earth underneath you. And it's, it, it will literally take away anything that you're feeling. One of the things I want to do when I decide to have a house again, uh, when I stop being a nomad and I really choose to do to get back into that house thing, I want to uh, build um, an earthing box where mm. you people lay in it and you pour the soil on them. Oh my gosh. You put herbs I'll and crystals there. on them and they sit in the box and you leave them in the box. Isn't that and like you, a shaman thing? It is a shaman thing. <laughs> yeah. And it's very powerful. Um, it grounds you, it heals your body, it allows your brain to think clearer. You get a much more deeper connection to your soul, to yourself, to the planet, to to the synthesis of the planet, which allows you to access other spiritual energies. It's something I feel like everyone who has ability to have an earthing box should definitely, definitely have one. I want to do that because I've always been called to doing that, but just the thought of like just being, you know, in the dirt without a nice little box to hold the dirt in really kind of terrified me. Right. But to have like an actual box yeah, that, you know, the boundaries are there, the earth is in there, the crystals, the herbs, like I would be so down to do that and to even have that on my property. Yeah. We have to talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just it on so many levels. And when you have an earthing box, you know, someone can drum, you know, mm. you can have candles around the box, which is very ceremonial. And you call in your ancestral lineage, you know, and literally the earth responds. Like you can say, oh, yeah. you can say earth spirits, go into my liver, go into my kidney, go into my stomach, start cleaning out the poison, start cleaning out the things that I'm thinking that are not in harmony with who I am. And literally you will feel yourself, the earth start to vibrate while you're inside that box and you start feeling all this stuff coming out. And it's really, truly powerful. And it's been practiced in Africa for centuries, you know, and like way back. And earthing boxes, you know, getting into the earth was a very important aspect of being a shaman or being initiated into, um, if you, you know, if you were a shamanic, if you were anyone had to do a steward of the earth, like being earthed is so important because it's really connecting to root, root energy. Yeah. So it would make sense for you being a root woman to have these types of things you know, on, on, on your land, like, you know, an earthing box that people can come and do, you can do ceremonies, you know, um, very powerful stuff. And it's just, it's special because there's nothing in the world greater than feeling the vibration and the magnitude of a magnetic energy frequency that comes from every granular of earth that connects with your electromagnetic energy field and creates a complete communicative synthesis where your body is talking to every soil that is connecting to the trees, to the flowers, to the root, to the water, to everything is now being communicated through your system because your body is made up of mm. all of those elements elements yes it's um it's yes. something special and um that's one of the things that i definitely look forward to in having a house again i my house that i had 
in LA, I loved it because it was surrounded by nature. And I had it set up where I had like my my apple tree, my lemon tree, my orange tree, my garden, my all my vegetables, all of my my like you can have strawberries, blueberries, you know, and then I had like a pool that goes down as like a saltwater pool. And then I had a house, a guest house that I turned into like a spa. So friends could go in the pool and then they can do I had like a, a dry sauna and you can go and do like all your little spa stuff and it, and then I had like a mosaic table on the top part of the house where we'd have these beautiful dinners because I'm very much about um, when you have nature to have outside dinners with candlelight and oh, things yeah. like that because that's what I miss in Italy and having that was such a beautiful thing and you know now that I'm a nomad I don't have that I, I don't have that so it definitely something I look forward well, to. Well you got to come to my place and we can create that just even mm-hmm. in your nomad state. I would love that. Yeah, we'll have Brett cook. My husband is an amazing chef, so yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Okay, I, I definitely need some of that. Let's get a box. Let's get a. Let's, let's do that. Do the, let's, let's do that Earth of... box thing. That sounds amazing. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, it's quite special. So yeah, so you, so you're saying that people should get out at least every day and spend some time with nature. Yes, and especially if they're going through something, you know, even if you just step outside and step in on the ground barefoot. It's crazy that you just said that, you know, because I have a friend whose mother was passing and the whole family was asking me to lead them through this whole like transition with the mom. And I told them you have to have a, uh, you have to have a, a box with mud or something or some kind of dirt or go outside if you can't get that to just go somewhere where there is dirt and take your shoes off and just stomp. And they're like, why? I said, because it takes away grief. And of course you, ha- I mean, I'm not saying like, it's crazy that you know that information. I'm like, I'm just excited about it because of course you're a root mother, root woman. That information just naturally came right out of your mouth like that. Mm. And that's another shamanic, uh, like practice. shamanic practice. Yeah. Okay. Even the Aborigines do it. Whenever you see like tribes stomping on the ground, Native American tribes, Aborigine tribes, African tribes, Maoris, you'll see them stomping. They're pulling earth energy into their body mm. and grounding out any kind of like oh, negative yeah. frequencies or... I feel that. I totally feel it's that. A, it's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. So, so tell me, okay, so going back, I'm like so random. I love it. But I just have so many things I want to talk to you about. So I really want to just make sure I capture, you know, for the tribe, these really poignant um, points of view. Going back to the bees. Tell me, what is, what is the, what is the thing that we need to, as a, as a global community, collectively, consciously being aware of how we're affecting life in the earth, Tell us about the bees. Okay. So bees are responsible for pollinating one third of the world's crops along with other pollinators. So without the bees, you're not going to have almonds. You're not going to have apples. You're not going to have oranges. You're not going to have peaches, blueberries. I mean, the list goes on. The bees are extremely important to us. And we have been treating them as if they're literally just pests. Pesticides, in particular neonicotinoids, are not banned here. They're banned in Europe. And that's, you know, in Roundup and in other in other uh, pesticides as well. You can you can look online, just search. But we use those, and what it does is it it messes with the bee's own immune system. So, what? Right. So 
The bees have a great immune system. I mean, they literally make... So bees make something that's called propolis. They take tree sap and they mix it with their own juices and they they produce something that's antimicrobial, antibacterial, right? So they usually coat anything in the hive that needs to be coated with these amazing... You know, people take it for their throat spray. It's, it's, I'm sure you've heard of propolis spray. And so if a mouse dies in the hive, they wrap it with this propolis. And so, you know, when the mouse decays, nothing comes out of it. There's no, there's nothing that can kill the hive. Mm. But when you have all of these pesticides that are, that are, you know, that people are spraying, it goes into the bee's immune system. It goes in their wax. It goes in their honey. It's what we're eating now. And um, it basically uh, weakens the bee completely. And that's why we're having these, these die outs. So we'll have, you know, over the winter, you know, half the hives will be gone or maybe even all of the hives, maybe one or two. Um, But that's part of the problem. What we can do is stop using pesticides. What we can do is start planting more greenery, more flowers, more things that the bees, you know, can can actually feed on. Uh, we can also. Um, what do they feed on? Flowers. All kinds of flowers? All kinds of flowers. There's some flowers that don't, but sunflowers are great. There's, I mean, there's a ton of flowers. Bees can really be on any, on on a lot of flowers. So bees will take pollen from the flowers. They will also take nectar, which is what turns into honey. So they, they go back to the hives. They feed the pollen, which is protein to their babies, which by the way, you can survive on pollen and nectar alone because it's like the perfect food for, for people as well. They feed the babies pollen. They they make honey out of the nectar and and that's all they want to do. That's all they want to do. And because they're doing this, they're pollinating, you know, so many different crops for us and and we just need to take care of them. So, you know, what is the so why isn't this, if this is such a big deal, why isn't it spoken about a lot? You know, even you hear a lot about like, okay, let's get the plastics out of the water. Let's, you know, let's um, clean up the environment. Let's fix the air quality. You know, let's become sustainable. Let's make sure we're not, you know, eating foods that are whatever. How come we're not being more educated that on bee culture? Yeah, that is a great question. That is a great question. And unfortunately, I don't know the answer to that. I can assume it's money. I'm, I can ex- assume that it's big ag business. Mm-hmm. And and that's why, you know, they want to brush it under the rug, how important this this is. It is very important that we take care of our bees. It is, it, to me, it feels like, you know, in the top 10. It's going to help us environmentally. It's going to help us financially. It's going to help in so many ways. So I I think that um, part of what I do is just speaking about it, you know, on the, on, on the human level, on the kid level, like why is it, why are bees so important? And I feel like just getting that across will help. I'm doing my part at least. Mm -hmm. And um, what is the difference? I think someone says something and there's a difference between the way in which you um, raise your bees. So is it like wild bees? Is that how it is? And what's the other one? So it's the difference is I'm a backyard beekeeper and I, I, very much care about my bees. I have them foraging on, you know, whatever is out there, which is usually several different flowers. When you have big ag, you have the bees all in one, uh, you know, 
in an almond field that is 23 acres. So the, the bees, which usually, you know, survive on, they're not a mono monoculture bees. They, they, they thrive on different flowers. Okay. And what's monoculture so that the tribal members know? Okay. So, so if it's just one thing that they are, um, that they are pollinating, which is just almonds, that weakens their immune system as well. So first of all, the almonds usually will have pesticides and they, they need to have different flowers so that they can, they can be stronger. Wow. Period. So that's just that right there. That's just straight up bee knowledge. It's bee knowledge. <laughs> I got the bee knowledge. <laughs> but you know what else? Um, so you're considered a backyard beekeeper. Yes, I'm considered a backyard beekeeper. And do your local neighbors in your area know that you are a backyard beekeeper? Yes, they do. Um, and what's their feeling on it? You know, I haven't had any problems with it. I have had several people, you know, want to come and and buy honey and and take a peek at the hives. I haven't. I've I've really. I think because we have so many acres as well, we've had people that are just are, are happy that we're there when we're helping their gardens as well. So, yeah. all right. So I want some hive jive here. Okay. All right. How did you start the hive? Like, how does it work? Okay. So you basically <laughs> hive jive. You basically. Um, do you like my play on words? <laughs> I do. <laughs> you basically um, just get a package in the beginning of the season, which is cool. You you order a package in January, and it comes with a bunch of bees and a queen. Now this queen isn't part of this um, colony. So she has to be acclimated to this hive so they don't kill her. So she stays in a little like box, a little queen box. And you you get it, it comes to your home you go, or you go pick it up and you empty it out into a box. You keep the queen in a little in a little box. What kind of next. box? So it's, it's it's not like a box like you would send to UPS. <laughs> it's no. No, it's it's kind of like a little cage queen cage so that they can smell her pheromones and start getting used to her. Um, so after about six days, she's released and then they're, they're good. They, they take care of her for the rest of her life. She goes out on a mating flight. Oh my, look at this lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, she works. She, she, you know, lays between a thousand and 2000 eggs a day. So she needs her, oh, she needs her wow. crew feeding her, cleaning her and taking care of her or else she would not be able to sustain the colony. That's amazing. So it's one queen yeah. for a colony. Mm-hmm. One queen per hive. And and she lives about two years, if you're lucky. Nowadays, it's a little shorter. And then the, the other bees, you know, live 36 days. 36 days? Mm-hmm. So she's laying and laying and laying, and there's just this population that's, that's growing, living, dying, working. Yeah. So... So would you have to go and get more bees sent to you in the mail? When they die? Yeah. No, she 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 builds the colony. So so she's laying a thousand to two thousand eggs a day, right? After a certain point, if you don't put more boxes on, they'll split, which is what honeybees do to to grow their population. So they split. If you're a beekeeper and you're trying to keep them, you find ways to keep them. You put another box on. But the way they go, grow is that she leaves with half the colony. They build another queen with one of the eggs. They feed it a whole bunch of royal jelly. And then they build another queen and then they build up their population. population, And then they split 
build up their population. Well, wait, okay. This is so cool. And I've never even knew about any of this. So this is like a whole new world for me. Mm. And I'm just, and I'm talking Jasmine talk, you know, like straight out of Aladdin, right? It's this whole idea that I'm on this, this, this experience right now with you. So let me just back up for a second. <laughs> the the little kids mm. get fed. The ones who get fed royal jelly become mm-hmm. the queens. The eggs, yes. Mm-hmm. They become the queens. So so what happens is everybody gets a little bit of royal jelly at first, right? All of the eggs. There's a few, maybe three or four that they pick that they give royal jelly to, royal jelly, more and more and more for the rest of their life. And they become queens. Now, there's only since there's only one queen, the first queen that comes out kills the rest of the of the queens of the other eggs. Oh, she's jealous. She's well. Look, there's only one. So she she kills them. She's the ruler of the colony. She lays eggs for the rest of her life. So, and all the worker bees are all female. Although it's a female-run society, there are thirty percent males drones, and they get kicked out in the winter in our area because once it gets cold, the, the the drones are only there to mate with a virgin queen. Okay, so once they've done that and the season's over, you see them. I have it on video. You see the the female workers pulling them out of the hive and throwing them out. Like goodbye. We you're no longer needed. For oh, the so you're just you're just you know you're just a stud a stud bee, <laughs> and that stud bee just gets thrown to the cold. Yeah, because they don't do anything in the hive besides that. So they have to be cleaned. They have to be fed, kind of like the queen. And so by the end, they're like, we can't clean and feed you. We got to worry about surviving this winter. So you got to go. So where do they go? They well, they just die. They they fly away and then they go someplace to die. That's horrible. Sad. It's very sad. It's very sad. This is a whole new world. <laughs> it's a whole new world. <laughs> I'm like a whole new world. <laughs> a brand new place to be, to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, pretty amazing. So wait, wait, wait. I'm just like, okay, they're dragging him out like they're dra- that. They're dragging him out. That's just straight All- up unfair. Oh yeah, and the women, the 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 female workers are the ones that go forage. They go find the food. They take care of the babies. They guard the hive so that if any, you know, any intruders come in, they're they're stinging, you know, the hive. They are they are they basically do everything in the hive. But if they sting, isn't it true that if they sting someone, they die? Someone. Yes, but if they sting other bees, they're okay. Because they can, they can release their sting in other. Uh, oh, yeah. okay. It's just the skin. Like, wow, they, this is a tough society. I'm glad I'm not born as a bee. <laughs> I drag out in the cold, feeling no feelings. That's right. That's right. You oh, out. Man, I'm a queen. I'm you making out. babies all the time. Yeah, I mean, they they just they live to work. They live. That's to work. so interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a there's a whole uh, shamanic understanding of bees. You know, they say when the bees near you, it means that sweet work is coming your way, that you have a mm. sweet job coming your way, or a new uh, venture is about to start off. That's going to be very beneficial both to you on a soul level and on a heart level. You know, so there's a lot of beauty in that as well in the the, the understanding of the bees. But wow, I had no idea that that's what's going on. So t- you, you mentioned about stacking these boxes. I mm-hmm. want to learn more about these boxes. Mm-hmm. So these boxes, what are they made out of? So they're wooden boxes and then they have frames inside. So there's 10 frames or eight frames, depending on what kind you have. And the bees build out the honeycomb with wax, 
that they secrete from their abdomen. So they secrete the wax that you see in the, in the candle that I gave you. And then they they manipulate it into perfect hexagonal shapes. Those that's the honeycomb that you see. And and then they they fill these frames up with these wax hexagonal shapes and then they fill them up with honey, with pollen, with baby bees, with whatever they need to put in there. They put in there. That's the uh the hotel. That's the hotel. That's like, that's their home. Like, that's the palace. And they are so clean. Like, they do not go to the bathroom in there. During the winter, they'll they'll wait and hold whatever they need to do until a warm day, over 50 degrees, they'll fly out, they'll use the bathroom, then they'll come back in. Use the bathroom? Yeah. Bees go to the bathroom? Yes, they do. Have you ever seen a bee go to the bathroom? I have. What do they go to? What comes out of them? Just yellow, like poop. <laughs> oh, interesting. So they just be holding on to that? They hold on to it. Because they because the queen says, don't mess up this house. Their place is immaculate. I can literally stick in, you know, if I've extracted honey and it's like a mess in there, you know, there's like, I crushed some of the, um, you know, the hexagonal shapes. I'll throw it back in and they'll clean it all up. And they don't like, do they like it that you go in there? They... You know, it depends on what kind of energy you're bringing. You know, I mean, if you're going in there nervous, if you're going in there with, you know, freak, if you're freaked out, they feel it and they don't like it. And if they don't like it, I close it back and I go back. How do you know they don't like it? You build a sensitivity with them? They they warn you, they come by your face and they um, kind of like buzz around your face area um, because that's what they're trained to do. The minute, you know, an intruder comes in that they want to go away, they'll warn you first because they don't want to get stung. So they'll fly by you. Sometimes they'll hit the, you know, the hood. But, and you've had that happen? Oh, yeah. I've had uh, like one or two ag- really, really aggressive hives that, you know, there was nothing else I could do but just work through them hitting me the whole time. And it's aggressive. They're coming in, they're like, you know, coming back, hitting you. And and sometimes I'll I'll even walk away and usually they'll stay, but, you know, the really aggressive ones will will be on you Whoa. the whole time. Yeah, so. Will they follow you all the way back to your house? <laughs> those Those ones did, yeah. Brett was like, get out. <laughs> and what, do they, and what do they do ne- then? They try to if sting you, take, you? Yeah. If you take your head off, they'll sting you. My my beekeeping partner got stung in the eye. Ooh. That. Yeah. Eye sting? Yeah. She looked like a prize fighter. Nobody wants an eye sting from a bee. No. That's worse getting kicked out in the cold and you get an eye sting. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, bees, chill out. So wait a second. No, I like to make jokes because this is really good information. And I just want to thank you so much uh, for sharing all this with yeah, the tribe. Yeah, I love it. So Please. this box is mm-hmm. a wooden box. And you said about building another box on top of a box. Mm-hmm. Or do you build them side by side? They all go on top. So, you know, when there's there's... Not a lot of room left. You can, you know, you can look in the in the box and see they've built out about, you know, six or eight of the 10 frames. So you put another box on because as beekeepers, we don't want our bees to split. Or if we want, if we let them split, we want to split it ourselves and like keep both hives. We also want um, to catch wild bees as well. So if, you know, if somebody has bees in their attic or bees, you know, we'll, we'll tell them to call us and we'll go, we'll go get them. We'll go get the bees. Ooh, why is that? Well, number one, they're not going to survive if you, if you don't go get them. Uh, number two, you don't, you never want to, um, you never want to kill them. And, and some people will call, you know, a place that is an exterminator and kill the, the honeybees. Although now a lot of exterminators won't do it. Basically, 
we go, we pick them up and, and then we get a whole nother, you know, a whole nother hive. Uh, okay. This is, this, this, this journey, this journey on the, um, on the B train <laughs> is so good. I'm learning so much about stuff I didn't know. So wait, so you go to pick up these wild bees, like they're just wilding out mm-hmm. on someone's house, maybe mm-hmm. someone's farm, they're wilding out. Right. Yeah. How do you get them? So usually when they when they leave, they kind of stay. I don't know if you've seen a bee swarm. Oh yeah, I have. Okay. So they're while I was running. (laughs) (laughs) Too many cartoons. I've seen too many. (laughs) So so they usually are very calm. They're the most calm at that point. They're surrounding the queen and they're just sort of, you know, in this in this ball of bees. And if you can if you go there, maybe cut the branch that they're on into a box. And close it, you know, a little bit so that they can't come out, but the other bees can come in. You most likely have gotten the queen and you just wait, you know, a few hours and you just take them because they've all, they all follow the queen. Interesting. And so that's a wild, that's a wild hive. Well, that, it depends. It's, it could be a wild hive or it could be a hive that someone's keeping that has split. So you don't, so you don't go with like a net and try to catch those bees. Like I used to catch butterflies. No. No, you just need to catch like a group of them and hope that the queen is in there because if you have the queen, you have the whole crew. And the box you're talking about is not a UPS box, but it's the box one that you have in the, in it the could back. Be, it could be a UPS box. Oh, it can. It can be. So how do you transfer it to the new hive? Tape that shit up, <laughs> put it in the back of your truck and go. Interesting. Mm-hmm. This is wild. Wild. Yeah. So, okay, so... People who have bees, because I know there's people who have bees in um, cities yeah. when they have them on rooftops. Mm-hmm. Is that something that we should do? You know, it's a little bit controversial. It's great that, you know, there are more backyard beekeepers, but there just isn't a lot for them to forage on, period, because we're in a city. Um, I think if more cities do more plantings, then that would be great. I would just encourage people to... to put more plants out, you know, in the city. So if you have a, a flower box, like make sure you, you look and see what are bee-friendly plants and just put them out for the bees that are already here. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So when you're out there, because one time I think I was at your house and you were doing, you were smoking something. Mm-hmm. What's the smoke for? So the smoke with the bees, it, it creates this feeling of there's, there's a couple a couple reasonings, but the one I, I really go with is it makes them think there's a forest fire. So what they do is they ingest a ton of honey after they smell the smoke. And when they have that much honey in their bodies, they're not thinking about stinging. They're a little kind of drunk. So you smoke them so that they're less aggressive. So when you go into the hive, they'll be less aggressive. So if you don't smoke them, what would happen? They'll be very aggressive. And you'll probably get stung. Yeah. Yeah, and you can get you can get stung still through your clothes. So you know, even if you're wearing a suit, they can sting you through the suit. They can. Yeah, yeah. So and I've you, so that. smoking them out with that smoke makes them feel like they're drunk, mm-hmm. and then they feel like, ooh, yeah, <laughs> there's someone reaching into our hive, but we don't care. <laughs> yes, and you know, there's other things like you shouldn't be, you know, breathing heavy because they don't like the CO two. So if you're nervous, you're breathing more. Oh, you, they don't like CO two. Tell me about that. They just don't like it. And so, you know, when they smell that, that, that puts them on high alert and, and it, you know, makes them want to sting. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. So they definitely don't want to have the dogs around them. No. They, they'll those go dogs after. Are like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they'll be stinging that dog like crazy. Exactly. And they do with my dog. So how do you, so you take, so how much honey do they make in, in, cause how are you making these, these, these amazing products at Lamar Farms? So with these, the, like they, this wonderful candle here. Thank you. That's the ritual oh, moon so candle. so good. <laughs> this was, what is this scent? So that's black currant. This this wax. I'm I in use. love with the smell. Thank you. So good. <laughs> um, so can I pull this candle? Does this candle come out? Oh yeah. Well, it does, but you, <laughs> you're supposed to just burn it in the glass. I don't know why I pulled that out. Because <laughs> I'm a curious, curious George. That's what I am. Um, so this is all made of, of bee stuff. So it's made of beeswax, and I do shea butter and coconut in there. And what is beeswax? So beeswax is basically something the bees make. They make it. And so they release it through their abdomen. Oh, that's the one you're talking about. Yes. The ones that they make the hives. Yes. Those little hexagonal exactly. things. Exactly. So you scrape it off. Now, I don't make enough beeswax for me to make all these candles. I have to go to my bee supplier to get a lot of the wax. But you can you scrape it off and you cook it and, and the wax separates from the honey and then you can use the wax for candles and your husband goes out there with the bees too mm -hmm. he does did he take a did you have to take a bee course i did i took i took several bee courses at a beautiful farm called uh stone barns you took a bee course did you get an a or a b <laughs> it's just a little fun <laughs> <laughs> I got to be, of course. <laughs> so when you take this B course, what happens? Because I'm sure there's people who are listening in the tribe right now who are mm -hmm. like, hey, I, I have an amazing land and I'd like to start a bee farm. Please do. We need all the help we can get. We need as many backyard beekeepers as possible. And uh, the more you know, the easier it's going to be. It's, and, you know, as far as, as the fears, if you have any fears around it, just do it and keep doing it. Because there's so many lessons that I learned from working with the bees that I could have never, never, ever learned without them. And do you think, I mean, is, is, is this going to be your permanent um, place where you live for the rest of your life? Because now you're a mother to bees. <laughs> you can't abandon <laughs> I mean, your children. I know I can't, right? Don't abandon them, chitlins. Exactly. This is where I am now. And I absolutely love it. But I'm open to, you know to more better I would love to have more bees you know if I can if I can handle it I would love to you know have help with with people that know how to work with bees and so that I can have more bees so yeah this is that's where I am right now do you think you might build uh, a, a place for people who can do internship mm. to work on the farm? And they have a place, a bunk, and you know, I, I remember I told you, Secret Life of Bees. Yeah, she had that back house where people can stay Absolutely. and they worked on the land. Absolutely, we have an old, huge farm. If you go to our um, website, LomarFarms.com, and I want that barn to be, you know, a healing space, a place where people can come and help work. Because some people want to just, you know, do work exchange, get in the dirt. And, um, you know, I want to hold, uh, you know, some workshops there and just have a healing space. So that yeah, is the dream. I'll be there. Yes, you will. As long as you keep them bees away from me. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I'm so honored by learning so much about these things, uh, root, powerful, mother, woman, beekeeper, bee mother, you're something special. Thank you. You really Thank are a gift. So I learned about things like in this share that 
I had no idea about. Mm. And it just feels so good to be to get knowledge and information. That's what I love about ancient wisdom today because you know, I have these amazing guests such as yourself who come on and just educate me and educate the tribe and give us new information so that we can make decisions on how we operate so that when we do see a bee, we don't go and tr- and, and go to kill it, but we we see it as this reverent being who is bringing so much to our lives so that we can eat those apples and oranges and all the wonderful things that you mentioned. Absolutely. So how can people get in touch with, and what, what types of products do you have at Lamar? Yeah. So I have, you know, our beeswax candles. Of course I'm loving right now. I keep opening it because I'm addicted. (laughs) I have addiction right now happening. (laughs) Thank you so much. Wow. It's amazing. Um, Yeah. I have, we have candles, we have soaps, we have the body oil. We're also making farm bags and, you know, we're just, we're basically growing, um, our product line. So we'll, we'll be coming out with more in 2019 as well. But, you know, right now, I am touching and making everything. So I'm pouring these candles myself, you know, pouring basically made with love, seriously. So, so everything is, is touched by me and made by me. Can people do online orders? Yes. Uh, Can they order from Europe as well? I have not, uh, gotten that yet. No. Sorry, European Sorry. tribe. Sorry. <laughs> but oh, but here in America. Here in America, yep. You can go to lomarfarms.com and, and order. And do you have visit days on the farm? Like, there's a lot of uh, tribal members who live in New York and all around upstate New York. Is there? Do you have visit days on the farm where you teach them, show them about the bees? and? Listen, for the tribe, sure. Give me a call, write me an email, and, and I will definitely host you. That's wonderful. Do you mm-hmm. host any luncheons on your on your land? Um, not yet, but I will. I will. You mean not for the public? I haven't yet, but you know, absolutely for the people that I know, we you know that's a place of gathering. So, um, but that's that's part of the dream. You I know? love it. Yeah. I can't wait to get the, get the earthing box and to go out there and to um, for us to do some beautiful rituals yeah. and stuff on your yeah. land. That's so grateful. So, how can people um, find you? Uh, I'm on Instagram, Ivana Kopach, Y-V-O-N-N-A-K-O-P-A-C-Z. And then the last name is Wright, W-R-I-G-H-T. And Lomar Farms as well, L-O-M-A-R Farms on Instagram. And also Goddess Wisdom Council on Instagram. So you and your sister both do that? Yeah, my sister and I, um, along with three other women, we um, run retreats for for empowering women. And um, I teach yoga and uh, do sound healing and whatever else is needed. And what type of people should be coming to these retreats? I mean, women that are ready to work. Women that are, you know, sick of, of just sort of taking what life has given them and are ready to transmute and transform and and create the best life ever. That's that what we're amazing. looking for. Yeah. Sounds amazing. So women of the tribe, get in touch with this powerful, powerful root woman, goddess, mother, beekeeper. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you for having me. And we gave the we have the um they have you gave the information for your website, yes. right? Yes. Uh, can you give that one more time? Yes, it's www.lomarfarms.com. Perfect. Thank you for being here. Thank you, love. Love you. Love you too. Well, I can tell you what's buzzing around my head right now is knowledge. 
straight up knowledge, understanding what it really represents to understand the bees, because it's all about the beesness. And we needed that information because a lot of us don't have that information. And a lot of us need to be educated so that we can be able to bring more growth and more understanding and self-preservation to the bees and to our planet and to ourselves. Because as we support the bees, we're not just supporting the bees, we're supporting everything, this whole eco-community, right? It's really about being aware of that. And having an awareness is the first first start, you know? And now, you know, now that you have this information and you want to start your own bee farm, you can contact Yvonne and get in touch with her farm, Lamar Farms, and really understand, you know, what it what it takes. You can ask her questions, and I'm sure she'll answer these questions because you know she loves the tribe. And it, this is this is what what Ancient Wisdom Podcast is about. It's about bringing information that allows us to go higher and be able to inspire and bring that energy to life. And I'm so honored. So please go check her out. Check out Lamar Farms. If you're in town, go visit, you know, get some of the products. Uh, I have, you know, the candle here. It's amazing. The oil I'm excited to use and I want no ashy skin. And I'm very happy to have had her on today's share. And if you're not following me on Instagram, uh, call to action, get on Instagram. Even if you don't get on Instagram, get on Instagram just so that you can get in touch with the videos and the, and the different information and so forth that I bring through the IG lives and a way to connect and have a deeper relationship with me and with other tribal members. I love you all so much. And, you know, sign up for the newsletter. Go to shamandurek.com. Get up on the newsletter if you want to learn some shamanic techniques and get involved with how to get into your power and get leveled up. I love you. Remember, you're powerful. We got the business and we know what we got to do. So love that honey and know where it came from. And I adore you. Remember how powerful you are and never, ever forget it. Till next time. Bye, tribe.